A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs learn more at uh1.com hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview I'm Michael Sidgwick joined by Andy Murray to discuss everything that's in store for us on tonight's show but before we get into it if you're a fan of this sort of thing make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts we review and preview AEW Dynamite AEW Rampage Raw, Smackdown NXT 2.0 oh. premium live events pay-per-views we have wrestler interviews roundtable discussions and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz of course on wrestle culture, Murray. It's time to be earnest, baby. <laughs> Are you fired up for a night show? I yeah, guess it's quite yeah. hard when they only announce half of it these days. Yeah, I, I'm not not too sure how I feel about the last minute announcement era that we're living through at the moment. I quite like the um, like you know pre rampage days where the last just before the main event segment you would get this wall to wall match announcement. You'd be like, cool, I'm looking forward to this. But uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like a good card. The singles match is an obvious standout based on prior interactions in particular. And uh, yeah, I'm always uh, at least, even if the card doesn't look spectacular, I'm always at least a little bit intrigued in Dynamite because Tony Khan is nuts and will always come up with something that's going to tickle your pickle. Absolutely. On that, you know, I put that over in my goddamn book, which, of course, you can order on Amazon, becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW, and it kind of heart- breaks my heart that we don't see it anymore because it was just like, here's a great match. Yeah. Oh, that one, that one looks great as well. That one doesn't look quite so good, but I'm interested in the storyline. That's going to be a sleeper banger. It was like this boom, 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 dopamine, 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 and look, I understand. I'm not an idiot. I understand why they do this. They want to encourage those on the fence with a very persuasive last-minute argument, if in fact they are just doing nothing at home or just idly scrolling social media to think, you know what, I kind of have to turn my television on for this. On the other side of things, you don't get as good as a preview. You don't get a chance to really invest in, like, be a total nerd about it and fantasy book your favorite spots and think about the storyline ramifications. It's a strategy. Ultimately, if you look at the ratings, like, they've settled into a sort of a consistent long-term pattern now and I think they want to grow the audience. There are certain times when it's impossible to do that. Uh, certain times when they do excellent numbers. There's certain times when they probably should have done a bit more. This is a means of trying to get it high and consistent and all the rest of it. I get it. I just don't like it very much. I do, however, like very much, greatly, the prospect <laughs> of Andrade El Idlo versus Darby Allen, which is the key main event one would expect. I think this match, the ceiling of it, is incredible. Now, before I get your take on it, I've been wanting this match for so long. They've been kind of telling us it's going to happen for so long that I've got some thoughts on it. I don't think it was worthy of the saga. If you recall, I'm pretty sure they started to have Darby and Andrade interact in like mildly amusing backstage 
skits, but a mildly amusing backstage skit tells me, oh, they're going to have a match next week. It's a saga for a saga's sake, but as you said in the intro, man, like the interactions between both men in the revolution, crazy, semi-main, that three-way match on Rampage, like these guys have got incredible physical chemistry. I've been desperate for this for quite some time. And I think they'll get the tone of this. They'll do some insane spots that feel incredibly painful. I recall vividly, away from the high spots in that three-way, one of my favorite bits was Andrade just getting his open palm, slapping Darby on the chest. And it actually worked as a flat back because there was so much force behind it. And then he just kicked him in the head. Yeah. Such disdain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that, with the AFO from the ashes of the AHFO and the HFO in the various seconds, the the ceiling could potentially be lowered through chicanery and interference. And AEW Dynamite still hasn't tackled that. If something goes over long, the shows are so stuffed that it has yeah. this domino effect and things might get rushed in the main event. I sincerely hope this gets time because I think the ceiling for this in terms of tone, excitement, creativity, just sheer like, oof, violence is incredible. How good do you think this can be? And who do you think wins? Because it's kind of a pick on this. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I think the ceiling is very, 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 very high. Probably like the four and a half kind of region. Um, Which is a day five and a quarter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a normal person's four and a half is uh, one of Dave's best matches of all time, of which there is one every couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone has different tastes. Everyone has different We love metrics. Dave, but just it's, being, it's gentle mockery. He's fun to kind of take the mickey out of for sure um yes this 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 is going to be great took andrade a while to get going early showings were underwhelming i think is the right word the side dial match was just kind of this damp fart of a thing the kenny match for triple a even removing the bells and whistles i thought was nothing um Kenny was obviously physically destroyed at this point. Andrade's still very much going through the gears. And you wanted this guy to come into the company after everything in WWE and the absences and the crap booking and whatever, whatever. You wanted him to come in and immediately knock it out of the park, immediately slap you in the face and go, hey, former employer, look what you let go. He did not do that at all. Even the charisma wasn't there. He had presence wasn't coming through on screen didn't help that he had the nonsense debut where like the the crowd were already making noise from the way it was set up so when he came out it was just like oh okay vicky guerrero was a weird pairing chavo guerrero jr was a weird pairing uh jose the assistant has tremendous abs he can stay um, chavo never come back yeah chavo chavo brought <sighs> I like I like to be polite in my criticisms. I he brought nothing to the table in AEW. Really, really. So you're saying he's useless. Yeah, he was useless. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. The way he's carried on in the media in the media since then, talking about hey, it's just like WCW and all this stuff. It's like, my friend, I see what you were doing. You have seen an opportunity to stay in the headlines, so you're coming out with the most outlandish quotes possible in order to do that for a couple of weeks longer than your name should probably be in the headlights after what was a relatively straightforward split. Fair play. Don't mind you playing the game. Just uh, you weren't really required. Either way, Andrade has found his footing. He has found his gears. He has found his charisma. Um, I started to really get into him as a character when he was doing the stupid stuff where he wanted to buy Darby yeah. Allen from this this little kid from his boss or dad or whatever he thought Sting was. Uh, he's a very funny guy, low-key. And uh, in the ring, it's coming together as well. The triple threat's an obvious high point, but he's looked good in multi-mans and stuff like that too. Um, 
he's hitting people really hard now. Yeah. And Darby Allen is the best guy in the company at getting hit really hard. So, yeah, they've got tremendous chemistry. Darby is on this ridiculous run at the moment. Every time out, he looks absolutely phenomenal, whether it's in these wild plunder brawls or going one-on-one with the greatest wrestler of all time, The, the butcher. butcher. Yes. It's just fantastic stuff. Um, ceiling's very high. AEW's fondness for shenanigans, a little dampener on it, for sure. But if they leave it alone, or if they do a kind of deal where the Hardy, sorry, the Andrade, I can't say the name, Andrade family office try to get involved and they are immediately taken away by Sting and the Hardys, fine, leave them to it. I don't mind that kind of interference where the heels are immediately brawled away by the baby faces. Like, uh... This is an obscure reference, but Suzuki versus AJ Styles from the G1 Climax that year. Exactly that with Carl Anderson and those guys. Yes, do that. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be smashing. Can't decide if it's going to main event or open. The opener is like a coveted spot now that you have that Big Bang Theory lead in, isn't it? Because that's the most, the most viewers are going to see that. Um, we'll see either way. It would fit us either. I'm sure it'll be tremendous. And uh, I'm looking forward to probably the best Andrade match in AEW so far. And he's had recently some belters. Who so. do you think wins? Forgot about that part of it. Ah, this is good because they don't usually have this kind of match on a dynamite. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, this is a really tough one because Darby is so losable. Like he, he is great at getting his ass kicked, uh, and. I hate to use terms like, oh, he can afford to lose, because everyone could afford to lose if you tell the right story. You don't have to use stupid things like DQs and countouts as AEW has proven. So I think Andrade wins it. Thinking about like his position on the card, he's kind of missed that signature singles victory so far, the kind of thing that's going to propel him towards contendership of various titles. Um, that's a bit of a difficult situation at the moment because I don't see him challenging for the world title anytime soon. Uh, and the TNT champions are heel, so it's not as compelling. But he could use a propulsive victory for sure, a ladder climber. I think I'm going to go with him, but I'm not entirely confident because Darby Allen is the permanently over incredible babyface guy who uh, would benefit immensely from beating Andrade as well. Going to go with Andrade. If I'm wrong, uh, there's a good chance. I'm also going to go with Andrade, thinking not of the uh, the story necessarily, but of the longer-term picture. You just delivered a great take, and I love it. Andrade hits really, really, really hard nowadays, and here's a, a wild take, right? I've been higher on Andrade for longer, I think, than you. Yeah. I think the second pack match in particular was incredible. Mm-hmm. Just working each other's brain tissue over. It was just absolutely unbelievable. Like, screw your legs. I know you love arm work and Gresham, but if you work <laughs> brain tissue over with bombs, that's what I'm all about. I like it both. I'm just Chest being... stuff is my yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah, Chest stuff. Slap like... me, daddy. Yeah, he's just awesome. I honestly think Hangman Page versus Andrade El Idolo could be something incredibly special. Explosive hard-hitting guys, heel versus baby face. I think that match could be absolutely incredible, and I hope they build towards it. And I think the first uh, step with which to do that is having Andrade beat um, Darby Allen. Do you reckon that's a double-or-nothing match, potentially? I don't think Andrade's at that level. I think they're doing page-punk, but I think page wins that. So I think between double-or-nothing and all-out, there are a few better heels than Andrade to work page. Just to circle back, this is an outlandish take. I know he peaked higher in NXT because the Gargano match was so fantastic. I think I prefer this version of Andrade than the NXT version of Andrade. Fair. Just the muscle, the look, how hard he hits, the more liberal head drops. He's got 
more of an aura here as well. Like, and he didn't at the start. So it's to his credit that he's been able to build this because he came off just kind of like just a guy who was really struggling to get going early on. And he didn't radiate any kind of physical charisma. But now, like in NXT, when he had the grand entrances with like the mariachi bands and stuff and the, and the mask, it was like, it was really cool. It was really showy. But it wasn't like this thing where he was just leaping off the screen as this attention-grabbing star. Now, I think the com combination of the music, which I think Mikey Ruckus did another great he's, job he's with. He's awesome. Yeah, he's the best music producer in the game by a country mile. Um, a landslide, if you're... Whatever. Um, combination of the music and the whole just ceremony of taking off the mask slowly taking his time, being in control of the entrance, and then he hits the ring and he's kicked the crap out of you. Um, he's cultivated this this aura about him um, that wasn't there before. That's not easy to do. And that's twice he's done that in his career because when he came into NXT, he was a total geek as well with the suspenders and the hat. And it was like, hey, I'm Andrade. I'm a baby face. Hey, I'm going to smile a lot. And I'm, I'm really handsome, but that's really all I have because uh, they're pushing me like crap. He's done that twice now. And uh, yeah, I mean, if he ever has another dip in his career, like he has had at various points, uh, I've learned to just stop doubting the man because he's going to turn around and yeah, cool. He's absolutely class. Just, he's a video game guy, but in the best possible way. I'm fascinated by the following discussion point, right? Because I don't know what it looks like because we've never seen it. We know the result here. FTR are going to go over the gun club. Um Maybe a dynamite problem, but maybe not on this show because we've got that unpredictable main event. Will they work babyface against the gun club? I think the direction obviously suggests that they are. The more interesting question, Murray, and this is a bit of a hospital pass. We've never seen it, and they're a Southern-style heel tag team. What does that look like? So uh, they have to, don't they? They have to. To the Carolinas like, as well. Yeah, there you go. Like, oh, God, they're going to be – they're going to have – robbing boners this whole match aren't they both of them like this is so them being able to work in the carolinas of all places uh, and being able to do like an elevatory match with a less experienced team and being able to work babyface as well it's something new they've probably got all kinds of rock and roll express ideas in their heads that they're going to try and execute with these guys and also colton and austin like their tv characters are the, the least likable guys in the world they're they're just little brats and they're really annoying and they do a great job of playing that up uh, so credit to them when they were at ringside and they're going and stuff I want to punch the TV like they're just really good at making me detest them so yeah they're going to work babyface um, and I based on current form and I've not been very high on FTR throughout their first year or so in AEW I think that the idea of them is often a lot better than the execution everybody talks about them like bringing like a Midnight Express inspired style to these flippy matches and how they're a counter and how they contrast I call bollocks on that I think and we've disagreed on this before, but I think when faced with like- Thanks um, for calling me bollocks. Sorry, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bollocks. It's your middle initial, isn't it? B for bollocks. Uh, where am I? I've lost my train of thought. When they are faced with like a Lucha Brothers or a Young Bucks, for me, they, instead of contrasting that style and creating uh, a clash of styles, they adhere to it and they do, they do a spot fest. Uh, they wrestle their own kind of spot fest in that they aren't doing flips and stuff, uh, except obviously the desperation spot against the Bucks. But the, the, their offense is more grounded, but the pacing and stuff and the way they work is literally the exact same as the opposition. I think that they're a lot better in more traditional matches against slower teams um, where they really start to impart their style. And I think in the last few months, they've been superb at that. The Rock and Roll Express match from Big Time Wrestling was absolutely great. One of the hoots of the year 
it's on YouTube. It's filmed by like some guy on his phone in like the second row. And I understand that's not for everyone, but it is on YouTube. And if you check it out, you will have a great time. It is so much fun. Um, I think that these guys, when they choose to do it, and they don't always choose to do it, but when they choose to do it, they are so good at the Southern style stuff that they can't not be great at the opposite. Um, Because they're clearly students of the game. They're clearly big old nerds who are checking out Fantastics matches that only emerged like a week ago. And and Dax has been sitting at home wanting to see this specific match from 1983. He's been yearning to see it for 20 years and we finally got it. And he's going to download it from some dodgy blogger, some mailing list on Twitter that you have to spend $5 to get on. And he gives you a Google Drive link. Things like this exist, by the way. Um, These guys are total wrestling dorks. There's no way they're not going to do a good job. There's no way they won't have practiced stuff as well. Um, well it's, it's going to be very interesting. Who's Ricky and who's Robert I was is the interesting I literally part. just about to ask you that. Literally, that was in yeah. my head. Um, here's, uh, I think both could play this. The thing about Dax is that he's got the knee brace. That could be worked over. He looks like a guy who's nearing the end of his career. So he's got the, you've got those visual um, accoutrements yes. to his gear that Gun Club could try and tear apart, that they could work it over, and it looks more convincing because he's got the visual reminder that his knee's obviously not in the best shape. So Dax Howard could do that, but he's also an incredibly mean bastard who could, like, present with him a sense of justice and reckoning when he comes to save Cash Wheeler's ass after he's been cheated over by the Gun Club. He really does have the Aaron Anderson vibe, doesn't he? So he's got that, yeah, he's got, like, the reckoning justice vibe. Along similar lines, you've got the you've got the uh, the knee brace, and Cash Wheeler is so much more explosive and athletic mm-hmm. than he will. You obviously see it with how the cardio machines at FTR when they do the cut off and they run around the ring, so you do see it to an extent. But he could sort of showcase that in a different way if he is indeed playing the Gibson and Dax Howard's playing the Morton. If he comes and does the hot tag like Gibson, this is a guy who did a four fifty in full gear in 2020, and he just thought, oh, the reason why he doesn't do that because it's not his character. So he could do these, like, awesome sprint hot tags. I'm really into this idea, honestly. I'm really looking forward to finding out. It's a very interesting match. Um, And for a gauge of quality, just look for what they did with with Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson. That was class. It was really good, really great stuff, particularly between Dax and Brock. And, And Brock, like, he's a very, very young wrestler, so far in his work, he is kind of, you know, he's. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Putting the pieces together, fundamentally sound or whatever, but he hasn't really shown much in terms of fire or character and stuff. That's the kind of stuff that usually comes later anyway, so it's fine. Um, but in those exchanges with Arn, where it was like, oh, I, I, I'm I, obviously Arn Anderson's son, but you might be closer to it. That was just sensational yeah. stuff. So when it comes to them and Billy, obviously Billy Gunn doesn't have quite the same wrestling lineage, like decorated career as Arn Anderson, not to discredit the one Billy Gunn and other classic characters. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be just fascinating to watch. It's the kind of, I'll, often I look forward to like a weird match more than like something that's obviously going to be good. This fits the billing as something weird that could also be really good. It's something weird. And again, it's just another lovely continuation of AEW booking great region-specific stuff like FTR yeah. sort of catalyzing their face running the Carolinas. is just brilliant. Um, the next talking point. This is interesting. I think I know your answer. I think we might have the same answer. Who is the bunnies? Mystery opponent. Did I read this right? I probably should have actually clarified before <laughs> uh, recording and hosting this podcast. Is it an Owen Hart tournament qualifier yes, to get sir. into the tournament proper? Yeah. All right, okay. So it's a qualifier for the actual tournament. I don't think the exact number of participants has been... That's right, yeah. Like, it's, it's interesting that they've gone for a qualifier because, yeah, they haven't re- revealed the participants, like how many, or the bracket or anything like that. Um, also, it's like the bu- bunny beat Roman Reigns, baby, in the ratings. Why is she not automatically in the tournament? I Shouldn't be. It was a drop, but still. Um, Shout-outs to the bunny legend. Uh, where am I going with this? Yes, who's the mystery person? Well, she went on away goals because it was kind of she an did. away fixture. It was cable versus network. Boom, there you go. So the bunny is categorically better than Roman Reigns. I really wish the bunny had done an acknowledge me tweet after this. I know. That would have been so much fun. But yes. Um, so who's the opponent? Tony Storm yeah. is the opponent. Um I think Athena would be a popular choice. Understandably so. Um, she was very, very good in NXT. Obviously, injury. First time round. First time round, yeah. Difficult for her when she came back. And, like, you could tell she was still struggling with what was, like, a career-threatening injury. Like, the injury was devastating. She spoke about how she might never wrestle again. And credit to her for coming back and, and getting back to her best. Um even going back before that, I think people will have had stock in Athena from her indie run. So, like, the more hardcore sect of AEW's audience would be like, hey, I remember a match she had uh, 10 years ago or whatever that was really awesome, and they'll have stock. Um, Tony Storm, however, much earlier in her career. Uh, she's only 26, I think. Uh, best years theoretically ahead of her. Really exciting prospect still, despite being in the WWE system for so long. Uh, lots of untapped potential, I think. And 
The boring part of this answer is that going by the Fightful Select report that came out on these people, as well as Nixon Newell, who is struggling with visa issues at the moment, uh, it seemed like Tony was a lot closer to potentially agreeing something with AEW than Athena is. So I think it'll be Tony. Um, we spoke about her a little bit earlier on on today's news video where... Uh, maybe not the best talker in the world, maybe not the best character person in the world, but she does have a physical charisma about her that comes across well in the ring. Drops bombs. Drops bombs. Uh, she's been to Japan. She knows how to kick the crap out of people and structure matches in a way that AEW audiences are going to resonate with. She's also had big runs on the UK indies and stuff as well, which helps. Uh, not to like Athena's awesome too, don't get me wrong, but I think uh, Tony Storm has a bit more upside uh, and I think it, it's a good day. It's a good match for her as well. Like the bunny is like, she's got this character and like her work is very character driven, but it's a great foil for any baby face coming into her because she does the kind of unhinged stuff and she's going to, she's going to do her part to get it over as well. So it's a smart bit of booking and uh, Tony Storm is going to look really good in a seven, eight minute win. Here's a, before we move on to the penultimate um, point of discussion, here's one, right? And I'm interested in having the listenership hear your take on this because usually the 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 wwe star character arc is uh very identical or at least pre nxt 2.0 it was highly regarded accomplished wrestler was presented as is by triple h's nxt and funnily enough got over went to the main roster and the career dies mia yim right mm. didn't really have that run in nxt she had the rarest of rare like indictments which is a takeover dud and then yeah. had one of the all-time worst main roster runs ever. You rate her yeah. very highly. Mia Yim rules. Is she a sleeper hit, even though she wasn't on the Fightful Select report? And can you tell the listeners, with your vast independent knowledge, why people should get excited about this? Yeah, like, Mia Yim's WWE run ultimately has to be looked on as a big disappointment. Um so I, she came in through the, the May Young Classic, right? And she looked good in that. And she picked up a really nasty injury after that. I think it was an Achilles or an ACL or something. She messed her leg up pretty good. So when she came into to, to NXT and she maybe wasn't working at the same gear uh, in the ring, I was willing to give her a lot of leeway because it's like, well, it's very difficult to come back from these injuries. But then you got the Shayna Baszler program. And yes, the takeover match was not very good, unfortunately. Uh, the main roster run, yes, an all-time catastrophe. And she has hasn't wrestled has she wrestled on the indies i think she has i've just not seen it i've not seen any of her work uh post wwe yet if that has indeed happened so um i i am very interested in the next chapter of her career look the lazy thing to point towards is that she has the connection with keith lee and that might be seen as a reason why she might end up in AEW. but this is a really great pick and one that i hadn't really considered because everyone on twitter is talking about athena and tony Storm. mia yim is a very, very good pro wrestler. Not as immediately flashy as some of her peers, uh, but at the same time, if you go back, and we're going back like four or five years at this point because she was in WWE and she had the injury and all that, but some of her work in Impact as Jade, particularly opposite people like Rosemary, was very, very good. Um, she had, there was a an eight-woman tag shortly before she went into into uh, WWE for Beyond Wrestling that I would encourage people to check out as well. Uh, genuinely vibes, and this is lofty praise, uh, genuinely vibes of the Michinoku Pro uh, barely legal match. Just sensational. Really? Yeah, sensational oh, fast I'm moving stuff. Watch Not necessarily in terms of it being like state of the art and changing the game like the Michinoku Pro tag did, but just really great stuff. Um, 
she, I am going to be following her career. Very interested because, yes, she did not have the run she 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 wanted, um, but she's somebody the crowd's going to recognize. If you brought her in in a surprise role, it would fit the billing for sure. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it it's a shame that a lot of people, and understandably because this is the only place they've seen her, will tar her legacy based on the WWE run. And that, that's all they've seen. That's fine. Um, but I believe she has a lot more to offer than she showed in that company. And I'm willing to give her all the leeway in the world for how it went. Um, yeah, I'd love to see her in AEW, honestly. Um, I should really go and do some research on that post-WWE work, though, because, uh, yeah, I, I think she's great. And, uh, yeah, she deserves good things. But you've always been high on her when me, sort of, Will Born and Hamflet, when the subject of Mia Yim came up in the office, you were telling us, no, 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 Deepen your knowledge, widen your perspective because she's really got something. So I'm interested in seeing if she can realize that in AEW. Just doing you a lot of favors, Murray. You're a very close pal of mine. Oh, thank you. So I'm going to do some nice things because I'm instead of right on the road to uh, South Carolina, I think it is. Uh, the, they used to call it Road to Dynamite, but with Dynamite and Rampage. Road to Dynamite and Rampage is a bit clunky, so they just call it by yeah. the, the, the place they're going to. There's a lot of focus on Adam Cole and Red Dragon stealing the belts because they're going to have a battle for the belts. And I feel like this is all very obvious to talk about, and you're not the biggest Adam Cole guy. You are, however, a huge <laughs> Eddie Kingston guy. Does he yes. return tonight? I would let it cook for another couple of weeks, honestly. Um, I understand that often AEW moves at 100 miles an hour. Uh, or two, yeah, which is weird. This is it. There's no like real middle ground a lot of the time, isn't there? If you look at something like the Hikaru Shida Serena Deeb thing, I I swear it was about a month ago that Hikaru Shida said, "I'm going to cut off your head." You've waited an awfully long time to cut off that head. Can't have been all that urgent. Um, so yeah, ideally for me, I would have the Jericho Appreciation Society's reign of bollocks continue for a few more weeks because it's really entertaining and I love the idea of them going unchecked for a little bit because Eddie, Santana and Ortiz are messed up and they can't get back and they can't kick their ass. Um, I think that heightens the drama for their eventual comeback. Um, however, I do think there's a very good chance he does come back this week. Um, what, what, what's he selling? A powerbomb through a table to the outside? And it's been two or three weeks? Fairly wicked one as well. Yeah, it was a nasty one. When, uh, when uh, Jake struggled to get him up a bit, I was like, oh, this is going to be an ugly bump, brother. But they did get it back on track, so fair play. Um, that's... They they have given it long enough, I think. Like, you don't need to sell a move like that for much longer. However, if you want to enhance the drama, you do. I would give it another couple of weeks, but I think they will pull the trigger tonight because Eddie's always going to get a big pop. And Indeed. he's awesome. He is awesome. Until it happens or doesn't, I'm going to keep saying this so that people will remember and put me over for saying it right. They did that segment last week with the, um, the like, near gorilla or, like, a monitor or whatever backstage... Jericho Appreciation Society, when they were talking about we're going to feature Endeavor, Silver and Reynolds later tonight. 2.0, wonderful <laughs> guys that they are, did this bit where like, can you see Eddie Kingston? Can you see Eddie Kingston? And they kept like opening the curtains. One of these days, if not tonight, <laughs> you're going to see like the dead president's faces of Santana and Ortiz behind one curtain. They're going to cowardly and hurriedly shut it, look at the other, and then Kingston will be there. Punch them in the face. A brawl will ensue. But there are five members of the JAS. There are three members of this sort of new stable, one presumes between Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. They're going to have to get two if they want to do a five-on-five. They are. Even if they don't end up doing a five-on-five, you can't run a million five-on-three brawls because it just looks like... Just the dynamic's all wrong. Yes. So who who, who, who are we bringing in? I... 
have long fantasy booked. It doesn't look like it's going to happen now, but I had long fantasy booked. Eddie, Moxley, Santana and Ortiz versus Danielson and the boys. Shelved for a while now for obvious reasons. Do you think they could bring Moxley and Danielson into this? I mean, Eddie and Danielson's a hard sell, <laughs> obviously, given where their carriages have gone and stuff. But still, Danielson and Moxley, two no-nonsense guys, two guys who are all about wrestling and molding the future generation. And they might look at Daniel Garcia and go, what are you doing over there, you little puke? You should be with us. That might be a neat way to tie that together. You know what I would love? And I'm not just saying this because the theme of the podcast is giving Andy Murray things to <laughs> talk about that he likes. The Butcher and the Blade. Yes. <laughs> Pay them off. They've already got the association with Eddie Kingston. They Remember do? that short-lived little deal and in AEW. Um, got a photo of them on my wall. The Butcher and the Blade would be serious. genuinely good. You've got a storyline connection there. Butcher and the Blade versus 2.0 would be absolutely Fun. priceless banter. Yeah. Failing that... If it gets Alex O'Brien, is out the goddamn way. Lucha Bros, yeah, back with Eddie Kingston, yeah. There are routes they can take. Let's put it that way. Right. Final talking point. As we discussed earlier, there's very little to actually talk about. Well, it's AEW. There's obviously loads. There's loads going on. Loads of attentive things. But in terms of the actual scheduled card, their new strategy is drip feeding the announcements so that people at various points of the week are reminded that you should watch. And here's the impetus to watch. So my question to you is, we're going to do this three ways, right? The question is, what is this week's last-minute dream match announcement? Because we need to get ahead of it. Because this is a new strategy. Two weeks ago, this isn't a dream match for me, but evidently it's a dream match for a lot of people. Jeff and Matt Hardy make their AEW debut. This was announced like hours before Showtime against Private Party. Uh, Tony Khan repeated this trick last week with the announcement of CM Punk versus Dax Harwood which I read literally just before I was going to go to bed at about 9 o'clock because I'm 36 and I've got two kids. <laughs> so what is this week's? Because I'm probably going to do one, yeah. like a big one, not just like, oh, here's, you know, with all due respect, 2.0 versus two more members of the Dark Order. Sure. He always does a big one or seems to be always doing a big one. So what is it? Fantasy versus reality. I would like it to be Pac versus Buddy Matthews. Oh, yes, please. Because I'm all, I know the, the House of Black are moving on to spread toxic mist to the Dark Order now. That was uh, obviously effectively set up on last week's episode of the Rampage. But I don't want them to move on quite yet from the chemistry that Pac and Buddy Murphy had in that six, that wonderful six-man. Well, luckily for, you, luckily for you, Alex Abraham has cut a promo on Rampage the other week saying that he wasn't finished he with did. them. He did, in the toxic mist. Uh, yes, that that would be great. The exchanges between those two is kind of similar to Andrade, isn't it? In that the work was extremely precise and yet very hard. And uh, that, that just sounds like something that needs to happen like yesterday. Um, that... Would be a Meshuggah match. A Meshuggah, yeah, rhythmic, 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 rhythmic. Um, <laughs> what a perfect analogy. <laughs> um, yes, that would be great. I think what we'll actually get in the real world is, and this is great as well, so I don't know why I'm playing it down, probably a men's qualifier for the for the Owen. Let's say Dante Martin, who should be in the tournament probably, versus someone good who he can beat, Anthony Bowens. Oh, there you go. Okay. Not that Bowen shouldn't be in the tournament, but, you know, he can lose to Dante. Absolutely. Uh, my idea, and it's, uh, it's it's a bit New Japan, but the trios tag, I think, two or three weeks ago, maybe even four at this point, whatever. Um, Hangman Page and Jurassic Express were defeated by um, the super... Not the super click. There's too many names for these idiots. 
Um, Cole and Red Dragon. Jungle Boy took the win. Uh, took the fall. You might want to even Steven 50-50 that out before we get the respective title matches at one would expect Battle of the Belts. So one of Red Dragon, because Cole can't take it, should take the fall. Hangman Page versus Kyle O'Reilly. Ooh, that's tidy. I think that would be bang tidy. tidy. Yeah, like Kyle's kind of waiting for that big singles breakout match in AEW as well, isn't he? Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. It's one of those where I think that you can get away with beating him because they took the belts. They could even do a schmoz, so you kind of quote unquote protect them for a bit. But it's one of those where if people see Kyle O'Reilly do something incredible for twelve minutes, sometimes the wins and losses don't matter that yes. much. Maybe I'm just being greedy and going on a match graphic and not thinking about the story, but God damn it, that's what I'm going to do. Before we close out, you've given me your pitch. Mm. I've given you mine. We're now going to do a random dream match generator using the um, All Elite Wrestling roster page Let's before we sign off. So, Murray, what I want you to do, you can see here there's two rows of four guys. Yeah. It's going to be the one that appears. So I'm going to go away with my scroller at the bottom, and then you're going to give us a number between one and four. All right, okay. So wait there. Get wiggling those fingers. Do it now. Up so the tell scroller. us what to say, stop. Stop. Why did I do that really weird? Right. Pick a number between one and four. Two. Kip Sabian. Okay. Versus. <laughs> versus. Um, stop. Uh, pick a number between one and four. Four. Ruby Soho. <laughs> Kip Sabian versus Ruby Soho. If you had a one of Kip Sabian versus Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> a guy who is currently sitting in the crowd with a box in his head versus a manager. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, I'd watch it. I'd watch it, yeah. It goes in your weird principle philosophy. Yeah, it'd be strange. I'm into it. I'm into Kip Sabian versus Ruby Soho. Ruby's really good in intergender matches. Like, she had a great one with Alex Shelley late last year. Yeah. Like, it might actually be the thing she's best at. Um, but, obviously, TV, AEW doesn't want to do that. It's a no-no. So, according to the random dream match generator, the last-minute dream match announcement is going to be Kip Sabian versus Ruby Soho. Let us know what you would like um, to see Tony Khan announce at the 11th hour ahead of tonight's AEW Dynamite. You can do that um, on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Whilst you're there, you can follow Andy Murray at... At Andy H. Murray. The H stands for hook. Why not? Yeah, why not? You can follow me at M. Sidrick. Once again, you should subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Um, I think they are going to be left in the capable hands uh, once they land of Hamlet and Wilborn going forward. Um, so until then, or until whenever, on YouTube tomorrow probably, yeah. Murray and myself, we'll see you soon. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.